It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today we've got a training camp overview for you in two parts, and then we'll get you caught back up on the countdown to kickoff. As a fair warning, I will be doing the second segment of the podcast on my own. The first and third segments will also feature esteemed co-host Joe Goodberry. That's right, and we've got... uh... Training camp notes and some updates and a nice report by Jay Morrison today that I think will get us all excited. Let's start with the exciting news, shall we? I guess we can start with the exciting news in the context of the less exciting news that the only healthy drafted running back for the Cincinnati Bengals right now is Travion Williams with Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, and Rodney Anderson on the practice or on the uh, rehab field today. But very good news from Jay Morrison on Rodney Anderson. Yes, that Rodney Anderson will not start the season on the physically unable to perform list. When he was first drafted, I think we all said, uh, well, he's had injuries. A knee injury in in 2018 wiped out most of his season at Oklahoma, playing only two games. There's a good chance that being the fourth running back, they just shelve him and try and get a look at him in 2019 when you may, or 2020 when you may need him more after Giovanni Bernard's contract runs out. That's not the case. Looks like Anderson is getting healthy, getting ready. He's been on the rehab field, and Jay Morrison reports that he is coming off the rehab field very soon and will not be a PUP designation. And Rodney Anderson's a guy that going into 2018 was pegged to be potentially a first-round pick. And if he's healthy coming off that ACL injury and hasn't lost the lateral agility and has faith in his knee to hold up, and indeed it does hold up, He could be an excellent value for the Bengals in the sixth round going forward. Those are all question marks that will need to be answered, but it's very exciting news to just have the idea that he's going to be able to practice before the season starts when we all thought maybe we'll get him in year two. 
That's right. And you go back to that 2017 season in Oklahoma, he totaled 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns, replacing Joe Mixon. They're very similar. Both guys over six foot tall, 225 pounds. Uh, I think Anderson may be a little shiftier, maybe could be a little faster. I think Mixon's a little bit more strong and powerful. But you know what? If you were to stand them together and look at their uh, speed and, and agility and strength and receiving ability, they'd match up very favorably to each other. And I know we kind of brushed over Mixon being on the, the rehab field right now. We've got no update on him. Hopefully we will later to know if it's serious or uh, maybe just a day-to-day thing. If he's going straight to the rehab field, my inclination is that it isn't a terribly serious injury. He's not missing any days in full. The fact that he's gone straight to the rehab field. Actually, I guess I said he was on the bike. Okay, that's good then. That's probably tightness somewhere. Could be tightness. Could be Billy Price was on the bike when he had plantar fasciitis. I hope it's not plantar fasciitis for Mixon. But let's not speculate. We'll find out hopefully after the practice and we'll get that into the second segment today. Yeah, because as we're recording this right now, rain came through on the practice field. The Bengals are moving indoors to finish their last 20 minutes. And by the time we get to segment three, Jake will probably have an update on the entirety of practice. That is the goal. So what other notes do we have on training camp today? The first one that I saw was from Cincy Jungle writer and editor John Sheeran, who's down at the practice again today. This is the second one he's been to that he's been asked to leave by security because of rain, not because he's causing trouble. But according to his Twitter account, security told him, your day is done. However, the first note from John was that Stanley Morgan is taking reps in the return game. Could be a precursor to Saturday's game in Kansas City. Yeah, and the more ways he can help this team overall, special teams, uh, even returning, uh, helps inch him closer to maybe making the roster. As we look at the receiving core, it's getting tight. But at the same time, we've got games to play. And if he has some returnability, that helps out a lot. They're looking for ways to help these guys make the team or ways that they can help the team and thus reasons to keep them on the team. And I appreciate the creativity that this coaching staff is seeming to show and the willingness to give guys a shot. Uh, Along that same vein at left guard today, it was rookie Michael Jordan taking snaps with the first team at left guard and Christian Westerman and John Jerry in totally different positions. That's right. Westerman taking reps at right guard spot with the twos and John Jerry at right tackle with the twos. We talked about Jerry on our uh, countdown to kickoff when we were at his number that he was considered a tackle coming out of college and he has had some spot duty there. If the Bengals feel he can be a maybe the fourth tackle, if they're only going to keep three with Andre Smith being the third, I could see this working out. I think both guys having versatility to play on the right side only strengthens strengthens their opportunity to make the team, make the roster, and then having Michael Jordan play with the ones on the left guard is, is again, along the lines of what Zach Taylor has said, where everyone's going to get a shot. It's an open competition. We want to see everyone play that play that spot with the number ones. And if you watch John Sheeran's timeline during the during practice, uh, he quickly was baptized by Geno Atkins on a stretch play. Yeah, Geno Atkins flashing across the face of guards is something that we've seen on those sorts of plays. And it's encouraging, actually, to hear that Geno still has it in him because we didn't see very much of it in 2018. He was still a very good player, but he didn't have those flashy quick movement, blow up a play at the handoff kind of plays as often in 2018. That's right. So any any positive sign from Geno Atkins is a positive sign for the defense. Even if it's against a rookie who 
I mean, he's going to take his lumps. Sometimes Geno Atkins will get to play against rookies, like in Cleveland, where the interior offensive line is not promising, let's say. Right. And that's the thing, too. I, I like that point because a lot of people bring that up when the defense is beating the offensive line, that the O-line's bad. Well, so are a lot of offensive lines out there. So these are good reps. These are good practice. And I would have to imagine if you're a rookie going against Geno Atkins, that's pretty scary. But also at the same time, that is great quality practice because if you you can even neutralize them on a few plays, you got to feel really good about yourself. So great experience for the young, versatile lineman from Ohio State today against the ones with the ones. And you hope that he can eventually become Clint Bowling and be a long-term quality player for this offensive line. In the same vein, it's nice to see that, again, there's creativity and versatility in practice with Christian Westerman and John Jerry. Like you said, if John Jerry and Trey Hopkins are your two and three backup tackles along with Andre Smith being your first backup tackle. I feel like marginally better about that than if it were O'Shea Dugas or another undrafted free agent type of player. Right. I'm completely with you. Give me a guy who at least has the pedigree and the talent. Yeah. Like he's played in the NFL. John Jerry's had some good years. Trey Hopkins is a consistent guy. He's lauded by the coaching staff frequently as being very intelligent, very consistent. So just getting guys experience in multiple positions, finding what they're going to be good at, playing to their strengths. It's all stuff that you would think would be intuitive to an NFL coaching staff. And it's nice to see that it's happening in Cincinnati in this year's training camp. Definitely. Because that's what we've asked for in previous years. And we weren't sure we were getting it as things have been a little more tight-lipped, I think, sometimes. as uh, Who's getting those reps? And are they meaningful reps? And is an actual, truthful competition? I, I kind of feel like it is this time. All good notes. We'll be back after a quick break with some more notes on the training camp. And then after that, the countdown to kickoff continues. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with Five Star Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With Five Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a Five Star Painting owner, you'll be part of the greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. 
Joe and I run our own business to some degree here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, and we set all of our own hours. We make all of our own rules, and we have a lot of fun doing it. On top of that, I worked for myself when I lived in Seattle, and I got to say, reporting to just myself was some of the most enjoyable work experience of my life. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a 5STAR painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we're thankful for them sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. And I'm back with a quick segment two with some updates from training camp that we didn't have available to us when we recorded segment one earlier today. The first update, and I think probably one of the more important updates, is that Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon were just getting rest days today, according to Zach Taylor. And it sounds like they wanted to get the younger guys, the undrafted guys, and Travion Williams ready to take a bulk of the work as they are expected to have an increased workload heading into the first preseason game against Kansas City on Saturday. Sounds like Gio and Mixon will not play a featured role in that game, so they wanted to make sure that the younger guys had an opportunity to get some conditioning in. Beyond that, Taylor said he was happy with the way the offense responded after having a down day on Monday. Let's hear it in his own words. Much sharper. Yes, much sharper through those two periods. And so I thought they really did a good job in the compete period. You know, nothing really stood out. That, that were any mistakes that anybody made. The guys were pretty efficient. Defense did a good job stepping up on fourth and one, making a good stop there in one of those drives there. But overall, I thought uh, the defense, the offense did a nice job. In the notes from Dave Lapham and Dan Horde on Bengals.com's daily training camp report, it sounds like the passing offense was back on track today, including a fourth down touchdown. Sounds like the defense has had continued success as well. The defensive line continues to wreak havoc and win consistently on a daily basis against the offensive line. Zach Taylor also talked about that in his post-practice presser in the hallways under Paul Brown Stadium because they had to move inside. It also sounds like Michael Jordan is going to get another day at left guard on Thursday because his practice was cut short today. This was his planned chance at the position. So it sounds like they really wanted to get a look at each of the candidates for left guard. And it's up to four guys now, John Jerry, Christian Westerman, Trey Hopkins, and Michael Jordan. We'll see who shakes out with the job. It's interesting to me and encouraging that they're willing to go four players deep with the number one to make sure they get the best guy starting at left guard come the regular season. It's also good for those guys to get some experience with the number ones and get some additional reps. Like we saw today, John Jerry and Christian Westerman were working on the right side. The more exposure they have, the more likely it is that some of these guys are going to shake out and be pretty good players. It does look, however, like the number of guys that are going to make the team are working themselves out a little bit. I think Trey Hopkins, John Jerry, Christian Westerman are all good bets to make this final roster especially if John Jerry is going to be able to back up tackle along with Andre Smith. I think we're all still rooting for Christian Westerman based on the product that he's put on the field, but I have full faith in this staff at this point that they're going to let the best player come out of this competition on top, and the fact that we're getting a true competition should only produce better results. As noted on CincyJungle.com under Marvin Lewis, when there was a quote-unquote competition, It didn't really seem like the backups were getting much of a shake. They were getting limited reps with comparison to the favorites. And and the one true competition I can remember is the kicking competition that resulted in Randy Bullock making the team. And we all have our own opinions about that decision. 
A couple of last notes before we wrap up. According to Dan Horton, Dave Lapham, Tyler Boyd continues to have an excellent camp. There's a few clips in their video today on Bengals.com of Tyler Boyd showing off great hands. It sounds like he had another touchdown catch today and has emerged as Andy Dalton's go-to target with A.J. Green being out there. That being said, Tyler Boyd was one of Andy Dalton's best choices and one of his first options on third downs in 2018 as well. He was his clutch go-to guy. You can see it on numerous occasions, and Tyler Boyd was one of the best receivers in the NFL on those money downs on fourth and third down. So it's nice to see that trend continuing this year. Tyler Boyd just has something clutch about him. He runs great routes. Like Dave Lapham says, he gets up on the toes of the defensive backs and knows how to get open, and then he has an excellent catch radius and really sticky hands. Really great hands catcher away from the body. So I'm very excited to see how Tyler Boyd fits in with the Zach Taylor offense and really interested to see if he can get on the field outside at all. It sounds like, again, we've said this a few times, he's primarily, if not only, working out of the slot. The last note on practice today is that Ryan Finley got another chance with the second teamers. We'll see if that continues on Thursday since today's practice was cut short. It'll be a really interesting battle between Finley and Driscoll and even Jake Dolagala to some degree, although it sounds like he's really a practice squad candidate at this point more than he's a roster candidate, or if they'll keep three quarterbacks. It seems like there are a lot of positions where they might want to keep an extra guy, so it'd be better for them, I think, from a roster construction perspective if they only had to keep one. But one of these guys really needs to separate themselves because I can't imagine the team is very ready to let Ryan Finley go after they traded up for him and drafted him in the fourth round. So at this point, you have to feel like it's either Ryan Finley winning the second job outright, and it sounds like he's getting a little bit more comfortable as the training camp progresses, or it's going to be Jeff Driscoll and Ryan Finley because they're not ready for Ryan Finley to be the backup guy. Those are the major storylines today. I will be at training camp on Thursday. Really excited for that. Stick around after this break. We'll get back into the countdown to kickoff, including Rodney Anderson. And I sure do hope he comes back to practice soon. We'll be right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're back with the Locked On Bengals podcast segment three. We're continuing our countdown to kickoff after skipping over it for a few days. We left off with Sean Williams at number 36. We'll pick it back up today with three players, 35 through 33. And one of those guys we've already talked about in the first segment. But to start us off at number 35 will be second-year corner, who, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, was a little bit down on the depth chart, more than I expected, more than I'd like to see, and that is Devontae Harris. Devontae Harris was a fifth-round pick out of Illinois State. He was extremely strong for cornerbacks at the Combine, where he did a t- 22 bench reps as a yeah. corner. Put him in the 95th percentile. So that's pretty good. Plus, when you look at his weight of 205 pounds, that puts him in the 90th percentile for corners. He's a big, strong cat. When I put on tape of him, too, you could see it. He's not afraid to hit. He's not afraid to bump and run. Uh, and I thought his ball skills were really good when he was in man coverage. In fact, I thought, if anything, he would be a really good nickel corner, slot corner. 
And it doesn't appear the Bengals used him that way last year during camp. And I haven't seen any reports that he's been inside this year. I still think that's where, because he's kind of tight at times. And, you know, you can have a big safety corner hybrid type guy in that slot spot. And I think that's what I'd do with him. He ran a 4-4-3, so he has the speed. But like you mentioned, sometimes a little stiff. The three-cone drill time bore that out where he wasn't a very good performer. Doesn't have great explosion vertically either. So that, along with some length limitations, might be somewhat of a problem for him. But you mentioned that he had good ball skills. He did play in one preseason game for the Bengals last year before he was hurt. And the strength is kind of borne out in his grading in that grade in that game when he had a 73 run defense grade, hmm. didn't have a great coverage grade. He gave up four catches on four targets for 40 yards. Yeah, and the one thing too you didn't mention, short shuttle. It was uh, really bad. Put him in the seventh percentile. So that that speed, explosion, and and change of direction. Right. Yeah. So so neither agility drill was very good for Devonte Harris. But he had a very strong game as a run defender, which, you know, for his size, for his build, you'd like to see that strength. And it's probably a bit of a make or break year for him with the amount of depth they have in the cornerback room, including Tony Lippett that they brought in. Right. So they bring in B.W. Webb. They bring in Tony Lippett. They get back Tony McRae, who left them for a little bit. They have stockpiled this back end of the corner position it's a really important preseason. I, you know, it's not done yet just because he's on the back end of that depth chart. Uh, you come out and you play four preseason games pretty well. It seems like they're open to competition and letting guys rise up the depth chart pretty quickly. And if that's the case, Devontae Harris can get back in the conversation as maybe the final corner. If you put any stock in the depth chart on Bengals.com, he's actually ahead of Tony McRae at left corner behind Kavari Russell there. But just I think you could call it a tie. You could call all these guys essentially in the same position. Kavari Russell, Devonta Harris, Tony McRae, Darius Phillips, Tony Lippett, Jordan Brown, and to a lesser degree, Anthony Chesley. I think he's probably on the outside looking in. But any of those six guys, they could be your, they could be the, the back end of your corner depth chart. Yeah, and I have to think with the safety depth chart the way it is, and if they want to keep 10 defensive backs, we're looking at six corners, yep. four safeties. So I think the top four corners are spoken for, unless Denard stays on the rehab field for you know until the season starts. But uh, if if not, then uh, I can see definitely we got two spots open at the end, and it'll come down to who can play special teams, who they feel has the upside. That's exactly right. The next player on our list is a former quarterback from the University of South Florida who has converted to play running back in the NFL, and that's Quinton Flowers, who's 5'10", 211, got some reps for the Bengals in the preseason last year, and is kind of a wild card going forward. Yeah, that's the thing. He was a former quarterback, and when the Bengals went out there to, to work him out and go to their pro day, they went to, I believe it was the quarterback coach, running back coach at the time, and they came away saying, yeah, he's a running back, and we like his upside. And I'm trying to remember Kyle Kasky, the running back's coach, who I talked to a lot last year. He was saying that he really likes him with a year of development, and if he gets the opportunity, he could really surprise some people. He's, a, he's the kind of guy you want, team captain type guy that will put in the work and has no problem with the with the position change. And I'm excited to see him this year. With all the running backs that are down, as we said today, you could see Quentin Flowers get a lot of a lot of catches, a lot of carries in week one of this preseason game. And if that's the case, I hope he I hope he shows up. I hope he plays well. Yeah, he has a chance here with Mixon going to the rehab field. I sort of doubt that he'll play at this point, that being Mixon. 
And Giovanni Bernard is also somebody I think they'll hold out at least for the first preseason game. They might work them in for the second and third. But this is a real chance. I think Trevion Williams is going to get quite a bit of opportunity, and Quentin Flowers should too, along with some of the other undrafted backs on the roster. And the only other name that I've really heard is Jordan Ellis. So I think if they go into this preseason game, they might only have three active running backs, Travion Williams, Quentin Flowers, Jordan Ellis. Yeah, and if you look at his uh, combine measurements, his three cone is what's really going to stand out for Flowers. He ran a 6.81, which puts him in the 80th percent, 88th percentile, which means his change of direction should be pretty fun. And when you watch him carry the ball a lot at uh, South Florida, he was impressive as a quarterback when he got in the open field. I'm I want to see it. I want to see if he gets that opportunity or if he can still show a little bit of it. Now, how much to me, this is more of a philosophical thing, too. How much of a difference is it when you carry the ball from the backfield and everyone knows it's a run uh, once once you get the ball? Everyone knows versus a quarterback breaking the pocket and making something happen when everyone's trying to defend run and pass at the same time. I feel like Flowers probably missed his like best opportunity for NFL money when the Wildcat went out of style. But there are Wildcat potential plays with Quentin Flowers on the field he does open up a little bit of a gadget possibility and I wonder if there's any potential for him in that area right I could see that and just to round him off he's listed at just a hair under 5'11 and 214 pounds at the combine so he's got running back size and build the last player on our countdown to kickoff today we talked about a little bit earlier and that's number 33 Rodney Anderson the rookie running back who succeeded Joe Mixon at Oklahoma I keep wanting to say Robbie Anderson, and that's the wide receiver from the Jets. So if I do, please forgive me. And I'm sure Jake will edit all my errors out. But Rodney Anderson is, and we talked about him, but he's he's the key. I think when, when they drafted two back-to-back running backs in the sixth round, we're all like, okay, cool, Travion Williams. We like the value. We like Rodney Anderson. But Anderson could potentially be a steal of the entire draft, and it's because of, of his injuries that he fell so far. And he would have been drafted much higher. I, I honestly think second round pick. Some said first, but you know you got to be a super special player to really go in the first round. Anyways, Anderson. The question we asked when he when he was drafted, and they, and they took two backs, and I think it remains still, even though we kind of squashed the Giovanni Bernard trade ideas. If Anderson's healthy and plays well, if Travion Williams is healthy and plays well. Well, that heats it up a little bit and puts a little more pressure on Giovanni Bernard to fend these guys off. Because in a typical offense, especially for the Bengals and the Rams, how often do you even get to that third back, let alone that fourth guy? Pretty often? Is that is that the answer that you're looking for? Is that on it the is Price not. is Right board? Oh, no, no, you don't get to the – they don't get a lot of carries. Well, they do if there's injuries, and there's injuries at the running back position in the NFL. Just look at the Bengals right now. Oh, I, I just meant if they're, if everyone's healthy out there, you're not going to use Trayvon Williams and Rodney Anderson outside of special teams. One of them's probably going to be inactive for most of the games. That is true. Although, if they're as good as we think they could be, it would be nice, to, I mean, to, to have Rodney Anderson to spell Joe Mixon if you needed to give him a couple plays off, but you didn't want to go to the smaller back. Right. There's game play or game planning dependencies there for when when these guys are going to be used. But Ronnie Anderson has a lot of opportunity, I think, and might be a contingency plan if they decide they don't want to invest in the running back position financially. Yeah, that's true, and that's what I thought originally is that maybe this is something that ends up down the down the line where, uh, you know, if 
Mixon, the way he's talking on, on social media about all these, with these, and show, showing support for the running backs that are holding out. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But at the same time, I think we can all see it on the horizon where he is due to be paid much more. And how does that situation play out? If you have Trayvon Williams and Rodney Anderson that you still feel good about in, in 2020, well, that gives you a little bit of leverage as a team because I think Anderson is a very similar player to Mixon. It could carry the load if healthy. Now, we're always going to say if healthy with him, just like we do with John Ross and, and with uh, Tyler Eifert. We're always for, for Rodney Anderson whenever we come up. Super talented if healthy. Yeah, and the health for him really is a major red flag at this point. He had three injuries in college. He played one season. So there's really only one year on one year of tape on him anyway. One of those games was a really exciting Rose Bowl, I yeah. believe, when he, in a game that featured Roquan Smith and a number of other players that would go on to be good NFL players or good NFL prospects, he looked like one of the best players on the field. He had the ACL tear, of course, we've talked about, but he also had a broken neck. Didn't apparently result in any nerve damage. There was no surgery reported that went along with that. So I guess it rehabbed and healed. That's another freak injury. 2015, he had a broken leg. Another probably freak injury, but you get enough freak injuries and you start to get a label right. like Tyler Eifer's gotten. Yeah, you start to wonder after a while, like, man, am I just cursed or, you know, am I going to be able to finish a full season healthy? And when he did, he was super productive. You mentioned that game. Uh, that game really, I think, helped Baker Mayfield become a top 15 pick really being the number one pick against Georgia and that's an SEC defense well Oklahoma the criticism is wide open offenses in that in that conference you never have to worry about defense well Anderson with Roquan Smith on him had a great game in that one wheel route where he caught the pass down the sideline stands out in, in my memory still from that game yeah, I think Rodney Anderson really does offer the full packages of running back if he can stay healthy in the NFL, and I really hope he does. I'm excited to see him if he gets back on the field in the next couple of weeks. That's going to do it for today's countdown to kickoff. We got you through three more players, which means we're almost a week closer to kickoff. Is that how math works? Yeah, we're one, that too, but we're also now two-thirds of the way completely done. Kickoff is almost here is what that means. And the Bengals, of course, kick off their first preseason game on Thursday. Our next episode will probably come out Friday morning. There's a chance that I get one out on Thursday night. I am flying to Cincinnati tomorrow and Joe's working a night shift and there's no practice. So there will be no episode tomorrow. The following day, uh, I'm at training camp on Thursday. So hopefully I have some audio from Zach Taylor and some player interviews, and maybe I can just use that. But if I don't, then I'll just wait until Joe and I can record together on Friday. Then we'll do a game preview for the Kansas City game, either Friday or Saturday, and then we'll have a recap for that game on Sunday morning. That's right. It's a full week. We got games. We got actual stuff to talk about. We do, and that won't be the schedule going forward for game days, but it's going to be a special instance this week because we've got some travel going on. So look forward to that later this week. We'll try to squeeze a mailbag in at some point. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.